Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host sister and partner in crime, who is laughing her ass off at me, Katie Weaver. Welcome to the show, Katie. Hey, guys. I screwed up big time. I set our countdown clock to start the show for 15 minutes, not 15 seconds. Which, you know, uh, that would be a little awkward. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little late. Uh, tech has not been our friend tonight, obviously, because I just now immediately really screwed that up. But Katie <laughs> looked at me. The second that countdown clock started, she looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay, I'll just stop. <laughs> so no worries. We'll never actually make you wait 15 minutes till we come on. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Well, well when the countdown clock starts, you got you can hear us. And so we we sit quietly. And the reason we do that is because where we're streaming to Facebook and to YouTube, it takes a few seconds for all the tech to come together. Yeah. And so it's either that or start talking and get cut off and that screws up the recording and blah, blah, blah. So we do the little countdown clock anyway. But so we're supposed to just sit here quietly, but we can see each other and hear each other. And yeah. actually you can hear us. So anyway, that was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. So lesson <laughs> learned 15 minutes and 15 seconds look very different on that countdown clock. So <laughs> now I know. <laughs> well, other than laughing your butt off at me, how are you? Uh, well, I'm good. I'm good. I actually, I brought show and tell. Ooh. Yes. Late because of tech, Glenda. It's just freaking tech. Yeah. We both had trouble tonight. Yeah, Ridiculous. we both had to restart our computers because things just did not want to connect. Anyway, yeah, but yeah. But so we I, actually, I brought show and tell because I've been talking forever good. about stuff I'm working on. So I've been making these ornaments. Oh, cute. They are. They're a tile. Yeah. Oh, they're darling. Anyway, I brought a few to show that are actually done. Oh, cute. So you're just cutting the vinyl for them. Um, yep. I yep. I bought the, the tiles or you buy them at Lowe's and you have to cut them apart because they're hooked together with the mesh stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I cut the vinyl for them. You can see that when it says jingle bells. <laughs> I know. Our oh, there you go. Hard. Oh, there you go. Yep there anyway yeah so yep i made a bunch of them but anyway i brought show and tell tonight how <laughs> very fun yeah it's it's been a real test in uh someone's eyesight might be failing <laughs> that's a lot of weeding and like really intricate weeding so weeding what that means is when you cut it out of vinyl then of course you have to use a tool to weed out all the bits that you don't want and so I bought a light that I can put like right above it so I can see a little bit better. And I went, you know, what's going on my Christmas list? Uh, one of those big magnifying glass things on a stand. <laughs> or maybe it. a visit to the eye doctor. I'm just oh, saying. I'm afraid I'm getting there. I mean, I've had bifocals for almost 10 years. I hate to tell you. I know. Yeah. So anyway, it, it was a trial and weeding and seeing, but I, we made it. <laughs> I am well, good. How are you? What did you make for dinner? Um, I am good. We ordered out, actually. Mm. We had one of those um, crustless pizzas from Papa Murphy's, which is basically just all of the toppings and the sauce in a, 
in a container and you cook it. It's mm-hmm. for keto. Um, it was really mm-hmm. good. They're super good. Yeah. And then I went to the grocery store because it, it's becoming fairly obvious at this point that we are not going to be able to be together for Thanksgiving in our family yep. because, well, our sister has the coronavirus, unfortunately, and probably yeah. so do some people in her family. Yeah. And my and- has been sick all day and has a fever of 101. I know. So I took a very quick trip to the grocery store to purchase stuff like a turkey breast and a ham and stuff for yeah. the potatoes and everything because I'm figuring I'm just going to be making it at home for us. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunately really looking that way. Yeah. If you backlight the vinyl, you can see the cuts easier. Ooh, thank you. That's an awesome idea. Mm, yeah. You need one of those light boxes. That you could light just... box. I think Scott has one actually, but Ooh, yeah. awesome. Well, that'd be cool. Yes. It, it definitely sucks. Cause it's yeah. Looking like we are definitely going to need to stay apart for, the holiday, yeah. So <laughs> she for the first time in our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. So my kids so will all weird. be home, but we won't. I know it's really weird. It sucks. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, so she exposed uh, me on Saturday. And so I had to call and cancel my tattoo appointment. Oh, bummer. I was going to finish. I have a sleeve massage tomorrow. Yeah. For the last, oh, I don't know, six months. Anyway, so this part was all mm-hmm. supposed to get its color and get it finished. But, you know, it's definitely not worth exposing the artist. And that's just not what no. you do. So anyway. No, not at all. I'm going to have to wait a couple more months. But that's okay. I mean, life goes yeah. on. But anyway. Yeah. Well, good. It does. It does. But, you know, what we're here to talk about is true crime. So why don't we do that? Well, yeah. we've th- There's plenty of that. There is. So first, I wanted to just touch on the Daybell Vallow situation, because we always touch on that here on Mm -hmm. the Wednesday night show. And what's happened, which is kind of sad and boring for us in in the true crime world, is that now that the uh, trials have been joined, they've been moved clear to June of 2021. Mm -hmm. But part of that is because all jury trials in Idaho have been pushed back. There aren't any more happening in 2020. And who knows, this could get put back, pushed back even further. Um, just interesting because it's just that much more time that Chad Daybell and Lori Valor will just be sitting in jail. Yep. Just sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have, you know, we had an interesting update last week when we talked about, there were immediately some uh, news articles about how the police in Arizona had seen that and she was now a person of interest and it turns out not true they are looking into her death but they Mm -hmm. have not named her as a person of interest at this point Mm -hmm. and it kind of came out very pointedly from the police there that they did not want that being said because it wasn't true um Mm -hmm. they are they have been reviewing this his case but they have not made anyone uh, a person of interest at this point no yeah so that's no really all that's going on with that case right now it's going to be a while before we have any big updates, but there were a couple of other interesting things that went on in the past week. We wanted to share mm-hmm. the first being that uh, a serial killer called the Yorkshire Ripper, a uh, very famous serial killer in Yorkshire, England, obviously British serial mm-hmm. killer. He was convicted in 1981 of murdering 13 women and attempting to murder seven others 
between 1975 and 1980. He was serving a life sentence and he died of the coronavirus just a few days ago in a hospital. Um, I did some research on him because we haven't covered him before. I wanted to tell you a little bit about him. His name is Peter Sutcliffe. Pretty interesting situation. He, uh, he was a pretty lucky guy. Um, he was questioned by the police nine times before they actually arrested him and really believed that he had done all of these murders and attacks. He started attacking um, women with a hammer. He would come up to them, like share pleasantries. Hi, how are you? Nice weather. And then hit him in the back of the head with a hammer and then stab them. And sometimes they lived Jesus. and sometimes they didn't which was crazy. He, mm-hmm. he, um, just some wild stuff, but yeah, he was questioned over and over again. Uh, a lot of his victims were prostitutes, although not all of them, but he had a real, um, obsession with prostitutes and he used to like sit across the street from where p- prostitutes were working and just watch them, watch them and their johns. And they, he was really, really, um, obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, He told the police that he was just cleaning up the area when he finally did admit to uh, murdering uh, all these women. He he actually did admit eventually after he had been questioned for a while. And he said, the women I killed were filth, which is such a horrible thing to say about other human beings. Yeah. He said, bastard prostitutes who were littering the streets. I was just cleaning up the place a bit. Horrible thing to say. Never true about any human being. Yeah. Um, he also claimed that it that he was the tool of God's will and that he heard voices ordering him to kill prostitutes. Well, here we go again. Yeah. Well, get this also. Guess what he did for a living for a couple of years before he started killing people? Oh my god. He was a a grave, grave digger. digger. Oh he my was god. a grave digger. Yeah, I know. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Chad Daybell in the Daybell um Ballow case with uh, J.J. Ballow and Tyler Ryan, Chad Daybell was also a grave digger at mm-hmm. one point in his life. I know I thought that was really interesting. Like, and I don't want to, you know, defame any grave diggers out there. I'm sure there are lots of great <laughs> grave diggers who are not serial killers. But I found that sort of interesting that, yeah, he was, um, you know, following God's will and he was a grave digger. Some similarities that were kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he pled not guilty to the murder charges, but guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished, diminished responsibility. So diminished capacity or um, in other places, a, you know, um, uh, insanity. It was basically like an insanity plea. And he was given, I don't know, a whole bunch of life sentences that were eventually rolled into just one you're staying in prison for the rest of your life yeah situation um he did in 1984 he went into a psychiatric hospital because he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and he was actually housed in a psych hospital into until 2016 when he was deemed fit to go to a regular uh prison so he's been in a regular prison until he just uh, died last week of coronavirus so just interesting um strange end you know i guess if you're in prison for the rest of your life in a country that does not have the uh death penalty then this is how it goes right 
Yep. This is how it goes. So, wow. Strange end. Well, I mean, a couple of notes there. The grave digging is interesting, but yeah. also that same old God told me to routine. Right. Right. I know. And, and you know, you question that because that has been used in a false way before. And then you have people who really believe it. And he he had a lot of really creepy, bizarre behavior. One thing that was just so gross. When he was arrested, he was wearing, under his pants, he was wearing a V-neck sweater upside down. So it was up his, on his legs and the V-neck was right at his junk. And it was one of those V-neck sweaters that has the pads on the elbows. And so the pads were actually on his knees. And they Weird. think that he was, uh, well, it's believed that he was probably um, sexually assaulting his victims after their deaths. Oh. Yeah. So super yucky, creepy dude. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess when you got to go, you got to go. He I refused guess. treatment for um, Corona. I think he was pretty done. He was 74 when he died. He had some other underlying conditions as well. Although I hate it when people ask that as though that means they didn't really die of coronavirus because he definitely did. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think he was ready to be done because he refused treatment. Wow. Yeah. So very interesting. But, you know, the the end of a of a long story there. Yeah, for sure. Served a long time, long, long time in prison before mm -hmm. he died. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. Well, and. I, it is amazing to me that he was interviewed nine times. Nine times. Yeah. Before he was there arrested. Was a lot of criticism of the police and the handling of this because in the time, you know, you could like right before he was finally arrested for these cases, he was arrested on a DUI and he bonded out and then he killed two more women and then they caught him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you think about how many people died in between and mm -hmm. why he just slipping through their fingers. I don't know really, but uh, he sure did. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to blame the police because, you know, they're, what are they, they have to have evidence. They have to have, you know, there have to be grounds for this, but it's still, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to think that this could happen, you know, that somebody could be interviewed that many times before they discover that he's the guy that's, you know, killed 13 women and seriously mm -hmm. injured. And he didn't just, attack women he like the ones who lived were hit over the head with a hammer and sliced with a knife yeah I mean, they were seriously injured seriously the injured. yeah so yeah it was a bad deal very bad deal wow but i guess if corona had to take somebody yeah you know adam this guy wow so well, one that is other, quite the case yeah uh, it really is it really is there's a whole lot there's a whole group of episodes on that case really but um, just, you know, interesting to kind of see the ending of that. Uh, I'm going to talk also about one other case that has some, uh, a, at least the beginnings of a, a resolution, and that is in the Rebecca Gould murder. Yes. This is very interesting. So mm -hmm. Rebecca Gould was last seen alive on September 20th of 2004. Uh, this was in uh, Melbourne, Arkansas. And she had spent the weekend visiting friends in, I'm going to say, Gion. It's probably wrong. It's G-U-I-O-N, um, which is a, a, a little town not too far from Melbourne. 
Yeah. And she never showed back up to her junior college in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. So police, you know, she was reported missing. Police went they, to the residence where she had been staying with her friends. And there was a lot of blood yeah. in that apartment. And her car keys, purse, and money were all found in the house. So it was pretty obvious that something mm-hmm. had happened there, um, right there in that apartment. And so it, it yeah. seems to me that the police had a pretty good idea of who was involved from day one because of where this was. Yeah. Uh, her body was found a week later down a 35-foot embankment off from Highway 9, about five miles from Melbourne. So not very far away from mm-hmm. where she had been. Uh, the cause of death was blows to the head. So the police did interview a lot of people and looked into a lot of situations, apparently, but um, they never classified this case as a cold case. They kept it open. And now I think I understand why mm-hmm. they did, because they have finally now made an arrest yeah. in this case. And this they arrested William Alama Miller, and he was living in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And let's just tell you a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of fights going on about extradition for him because he is fighting it. Yeah. So they have to go through a big, huge thing to be extradited back to Arkansas to be charged. Oh, yeah. But they plan to charge him with first degree murder. Right. Well, it, fighting extradition is so it's so pointless yeah. unless I mean, they will I mean, do it to just slow things down. But right. The only real argument to not being extradited is if you are not the person they think you are, you know, right. mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, they, they have to have a hearing, but that hearing has nothing to do with whether you're guilty or innocent or anything like that. It's just basically, if you were going, you guys think that I'm this person, but I'm actually this person. And here's the proof of that. That's the right. only viable reason that you can actually fight extradition. I, yeah. uh, you know, except for that, uh, you, they're just being difficult and buying a little time. And that's yeah. all it's about. I mean, that, that will happen. Yeah, it will. It just, you know, it can take 30 to 60 days, can take some real time, which, you yeah. know, I guess they've been waiting for 16 years to charge this guy. They can wait a little bit more time if they need to. He's now 44. So he was 28 when that uh, murder was committed. And so here's yeah. here's the reason why um, they didn't let it go cold. I think that they've known all along that this is who they were going to arrest. Mm-hmm. But he just sort of disappeared off to the Philippines yep. not long after this murder and has been all gone. Um, he showed back up in Oregon and uh, somebody told on him that he was back. Yep. And, and the police came and got him. Yep. Um, he was visiting. He was living in. Te- he was from Texas, but he was visiting um, the area where Rebecca Gould was killed at the time that she was killed in 2004. Mm-hmm. That's really all the information we have about what they have on him. They haven't released anything else. I'm sure they no. want to keep it very, um, you know, very on the down low until the actual hearings come forward, you know, but they are oh, saying definitely. that they plan fully to charge him, charge him with first degree murder, which means that they have a lot, right. If they're charging him with first degree murder. Yeah. Seems oh, that they've yeah. just kind of been biding their time for this guy. Mm-hmm. I would love to know how they knew he was back. 
if it was on a warrant, did he get picked up? Did a family member say, mm, mm -hmm, I don't think so. You know, what really happened? I'm, I'm really curious to know how they knew he was back and, yeah. you know, that there was a Somebody told. Yeah. It was obvious that um, there were people around that knew that the police yep. were wondering about him. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. It must have, it must be people who knew him or family because he was from Texas and right. he shows back up in Oregon and the police in Arkansas know. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm putting my money on family members. Uh-huh. Me too. Me too. That's what I'm thinking as well. I'm also guessing that he was, or, or feeling like he was a sleaze and yeah. has done a lot of other people dirty as well. And mm -hmm. that they've had enough of his shit. Well, I mean, he just happened to disappear off to the Philippines after this murder was committed. You can yeah. only imagine what kind of guy he must have been, mm -hmm. you know, just to disappear to another country like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very suspicious to me. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I, I'm really happy for the family of Rebecca Gould. Yes. That um, there will be some. Some justice coming. Some justice here. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that he's going to get what he's got coming to him and that yeah. they their family can finally put this to rest. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a good, a good ending for them. And it is in a terrible situation to at least get some kind of closure. Yeah. Yeah. Something. I mean, I think that's all you can offer. Hopefully. At this point I mean, we're, the day is young. Yeah. But it is, but at least they have at least some idea of who he is and where he is. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to an answer Jackie. She said, are we doing any readings or energy healing today? And uh, no, we aren't because this is our Wednesday. Uh, we call it Weird Wednesday. It's our case update show. We do readings on Thursday night on the Thursday night psychic show. So we'll be back tomorrow night around 8 p.m. Mountain. And we will be doing readings and energy healings then, Jackie. So yeah. be sure to come back. Hopefully closer to on time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have our shit together by then. <laughs> we uh, JR says, I wonder what he was doing while in the Philippines. Right? Nothing good. You can be sure. Nothing well, good. Oh, well, you know, he probably had a wife and kids. He's probably been living a double life over there doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. Oh, no worries mm -hmm. at all, Jackie. And then thanks for being here, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. JR did have a question on the Jennifer Kess case, which I saw that just uh, dropped this morning. Mm -hmm. And you read this case. So what do you think to, uh, about the answer to this question? Okay, so the question is on the Jennifer Kess case, do you know if the man caught on camera is the suspect or someone else? I believe that is the man. And, you know, one thing that I should have addressed that I didn't, but I was thinking about today on that case is that, uh, Jennifer was actually, it looks like she was a, maybe five inches or more taller than him. She was, mm -hmm. you know, bigger than he was, you know, I, I don't know, weight wise, but you know, probably not, but she was height. Yeah. Quite a lot taller than he was, but I believe that he had a gun. I, I think that when he kidnapped her, he had a gun. I feel like the whole time that he, uh, you know, held her that he was doing so with, you know, with force, with a firearm. And so, uh, it came that came through to me today that I should have said that because that's what I feel like it's you know happened is that yeah he might have been smaller than her but he had a gun and overpowered her that way but yeah I do think that that is exactly who it was mm -hmm. yeah I agree with you on that uh, Stephanie says why did he kill that girl I think we're back on the Rebecca Gould case probably mm -hmm. um, not sure 
not sure on that. They have not released anything. We haven't covered that case and actually read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, it seems that the the police and the prosecution know way more than they're saying yet. Mm-hmm. Although it was a situation where she was staying with friends in an apartment over the weekend, and so some things could have gone down. But I haven't really put any That's energy into knowing know. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he had already met her with her friends, whether it was at a party or it was, you know, somewhere that he had met her and that uh, he was like a little obsessed with her, you know, and that she turned him down. I mean, it just feels to me like a pretty typical, you know, yucky situation where he had his eye on her and she didn't want anything to do with her. And that he, uh, yeah, he came back to that apartment to try to talk some sense into her to get her to date him. And she, didn't want anything to do with him and things, you know, got ugly. Yeah. 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 I think that you're right. And we're going to learn a lot more about that case. We'll keep an eye on yeah. it and see what happens with that trial. Yeah. Um, JR says, I was thinking the same thing. If he was so short and they once dated, they should ask her friends if they remember someone of his height. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that height is, is pretty telling because they figured from the cam from the security cameras, um, that he was only five three to five five, which is pretty short for a man. Mm-hmm. That's well, on the, Jennifer was five eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like clear back to high school, junior high, high school, like look way back. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth, and thanks for being here. Yeah. Well. That is everything that we have for you tonight. We just wanted to give you some updates on those cases. We will be back tomorrow night with the Thursday Night Psychic Show. We're going to be doing a healing circle, which is a group healing for um, everyone struggling with the virus right now, including some people in our own family. And then we will also be offering some readings and healings in that show as well. So stick with us. Participate. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Of course, you can find us over on Facebook in our Facebook fan, our Facebook fan page and discussion group, all named True Crime Paranormal. And we are on Patreon and we do offer some extra content to our patrons every month. And uh, we really appreciate all of your support and all of you listening and watching and being present with us. And we always ask you to just subscribe, like and share because that just helps us grow. So you've been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here tonight, you guys. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.